It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition of the Kalon S Rugby Podcast. As like last autumn, we will sit down to have a look at the Ireland squad announced for the 2024 Guinness Men's Six Nations Championship. It's just come into us, 34-man squad captained by Munster's Peter O'Mahony. We will take a look at all 34 players named as well as the three-man training panel that will head to Quinta de Lago in Portugal and have a run through it all and the omissions, the the guys we feel should be there, and so on. Of course, this just kicks off our bumper Six Nations coverage coming up over the coming weeks. Of course, we will have panel guests from across the Six Nations and a non-Irish guest in each of our podcasts coming up. We'll have an equal from across the four provinces as well. So you really, really should be excited if you're not already. And maybe this is what helps with the excitement. So let's get cracking into this latest Irish squad. It starts out with the front row with Andrew Porter, Jeremy Luckman and Keen Healy. At hooker, we have Ronan Callagher, Dan Sheehan, Tom Stewart. Tight head prop, we've got Ty Furlong, Finlay Beelham and Tom O'Toole. Second row features Ian Henderson, Ty Byrne, Joe McCarthy, James Ryan. And in the back row, we have Peter O'Mahony, the captain, the new captain of Ireland, Josh van der Fleer, Kaelin Doris, Jack Conan, Nick Timoney, back from international absentee, and Ryan Baird. In the backs, scrum half is covered by Jemson Gibson Park, Craig Casey, and Connor Murray. Jack Crowley, Harry Byrne, and Kieran Frawley make up the out half reckoning. It's Robbie Henshaw, Bundy Aki, Gary Ringos, and Stuart McCluskey in the centres. And the back three options is Hugo Keenan, Jacob Stockdale, James Lowe, Calvin Nash, and Jordan Larmer, with the training panel of Ollie Yeager. Thomas Ahern and Sam Prendergast. So, where to begin? The obvious one is, of course, the introduction of Peter O'Mahony as the new Ireland captain, stepping in in place of the retired Jonathan Sexton. It feels only fitting. It feels like one of the right choices. Personally, I felt like Ireland would go a different way. I felt like they'd go with someone like James Ryan or Gary Ringrose as a count of planning for four years. But personally... I think we should park that. I don't think it's about four years, but the best man has the job right now. 
and as Ireland moves into this post-Sexton world, I don't think there will be anyone who will show a cold shoulder to the question marks about moving on past Jonathan Sexton like Peter O'Mahony will. You know, media questions, fan questions, scrutiny, that won't get to Peter O'Mahony like it could do to a younger captain, James Ryan, Gary Ringo's, Caelan Doris, for example. So O'Mahony is probably the right man for the role. There has been a lot of talk this week about whether or not Peter O'Mahony will have signed a central contract. It is not stated in the press release. As far as I can see, I don't see it here. So it is unknown as to how that will work. It is said, and I just need to find the exact quote, O'Mahony is captain Ireland 10 times, on 10 previous occasions, will lead the squad into the championship, taken over from Jonathan Sexton. That's as far as it goes. And then it says, by Andy Farrell, to our new captain, Peter O'Mahony, he's a born leader and someone who's been an influential figure for Munster and Ireland for many years. I'm confident that the skill will continue to benefit from his leadership skills. The squad will benefit, apologies, but on and off the field. He's thoroughly deserving of this honour. And I know that he will relish working closely with the wider leadership group and squad over the coming campaign. I would like to congratulate him and his family at this special time. Now, the question is there, is it all very specific to this campaign? Are we likely to see Peter O'Mahony not Ireland captain come the summer? We'll wait and see. I don't believe that Ireland would give him the captaincy without extending the central contract a bit further. I think that would be... I think that would be really disrespectful, um, to be honest, because personally, like the central contract system as it is, is is very, very good, but also not perfect and probably needs to be tweaked. Um, especially when you look at how the likes of the pro you do and the lower top Rodin clubs now have the money to, to sign internationals. We should be wary of that. That's why I'd like to see a slight change in it. But that's for another day. Is O'Mahony going to be captain down the road? I would prefer it, but... Listen, we wait and see. Um, for people who did read the article, I put forward the likes of Bundyaki as well. Um, Dan Sheehan and the younger frame, uh, Ty Byrne and Ian Henderson. So there will be options and maybe we'll turn around in the summertime and we'll be looking at who will be the next Ireland captain yet again. If that's the case, be weird, but I don't think we're writing any articles about it. I think that's all. That's the major talking points. We can just get into the squad now. As I said, Front row is Andrew Porter, Jeremy Luckman, and Keane Healy, Ronan Kelleher, Tom Stewart, Dan Sheehan, Tyke Furlong, Finley Beelham, and Tom O'Toole. And as I said, Oliver Yeager, Ollie Yeager of Munster is in the training panel. That one for me is a bit, I think it's it's what we expected to see. The question was always going to be, could Yeager get in as a tight head? Would Keane Healy potentially be phased out? You know, not in the central contract anymore and that some would have you believe that is a part of the decision making and with Rob Herring's injury there was really no question it was always going to be Tom Stewart as the next man up so I think that's pretty much nailed on it's great to see Keane Healy back in Ireland's shirt personally just because he's always served Ireland well he's never really let them down and if his Ireland career ended in Bayonne in the rain with an injury it would have been very tough to see so it's good to see him back in there I think there's a great opportunity for Jeremy Luckman to Usurp him as the backup to Andrew Porter. I think Luckman showed, especially at the weekend against Toulon, he is well capable of, of going in, you know, and being a workhorse, which I want in their props. You know, they're not looking for someone to just lock out at scrum time. That's why Andrew Porter in the Green of Ireland looks like one of the best players in the world. 
because we want him to have a free reign around the park. And Porter is undroppable. He is one of the most important players in this team. And I do think there's a there is a much bigger step down from Porter to Luckman than from Luckman to Healy. I think that's fair to say. Hooker then, Ronan Keller, Dan Sheen, Tom Stewart. I mean, it's Dan Sheen's jersey. It's going to be Dan Sheen's jersey for quite some time, barring injury, it feels like, because he is just an unbelievably special talent. I do think he is one of, if not the best hooker in the world right now. Yes, there's been question marks about line out and set piece and all that. But I, I think he's I think he's more than good enough. I think his throwing is good enough. I think, you know, we see, like, it, just to take a technical example, this is hard in the podcast form, but, you know, Tom Stewart, he tends to be kind of stabby with his arms and they, it's kind of an abrupt follow-through. Ronan Kelleher, if you watch him, that one of his shoulders, I can't remember which one, but I do remember seeing it at Six Nations. One of them doesn't probably come as far as the other one. He's had shoulder injury. He will work through that and he will fix that and he'll be back to being a top line out thrower again. Maybe not right now. I think Rob Herring and Dan Sheen are the two best. Obviously Nile Scanlon rolled back the years a couple of a couple of days ago, but he wouldn't have been in the in the picture in the conversation really. So it's Sheehan's jersey. Will Keller outlast Tom Stewart? I think he will. I think first of all you go into that French game, Keller has an incredible power. He's a great scrummager. Seen that in the South Africa game. An unbelievable scrummager, an unbelievable um, power in the loose. And I just think he brings more than Stewart. Stewart's a good player. He's an exciting talent. But he's he's not the finished article yet. Like, he scored a lot of ball tries for Ulster last year. And that probably inflated inflated the sense of him by people who just read stat lines and just read match reports. He's a, he's a good player. He's good enough. But I don't think he's at Keller's level as of right now. Some people are disagreeing, but it's still a good position that Ireland have depth in because even if Rob Herring comes back and is available, if there's an injury, more than good enough. If it's, you know, I know Jim Barron's out long term, you know, Niles Scannell, um, I think Dylan Tierney Martin is is a real proper prospect at Connacht as well. And, you know, there are options across the country. So very happy with Hooker as always, and there was never going to be any movement there. Tyke Furlong, Finney Beelham, Tom O'Toole making up the tight head props. Again, this has been the trio basically since Andrew Porter moved to Loosehead. It's been Furlong, Beelham, O'Toole. The question is, for a lot of people, will Tyke Furlong be jumped in the pecking order? Because, quite frankly, Tyke Furlong has not been at Tyke Furlong levels for quite some time. He's had injuries. He's played an awful lot of rugby across his career. So, maybe, but I, I don't think the form of Bielema or O'Toole to make you think that's definitely going to happen right now. And then you have to factor in, you know, who's the second rows behind him? Is that going to affect scrimmage? And is, you know, and how's Tyg train? And the fact that he had a break for personal reasons might do him no harm. I, I think he's, he just looks a bit, a bit tired sometimes, to be honest. I think that's a, almost a good thing in props. Um, when you look at some, you know, the more old school looking tight heads, if they look tired, you're almost more scared of them. But I think Finley's doing all right and Tom O'Toole's doing all right, but I don't see them taking the shirt off of Ty Furlong as of right now, even if Ty Furlong isn't at his one of the best player in the world form. But he might yet hit that. You don't know. Like that's that's the thing. I think Maybe if Ireland give Tyg a different role, maybe he would kick on even further. Maybe he's been asked to do too much. Maybe he's, you know, you don't really know um, in that regard. But 
we'll wait and see how that goes. For me, it'll be far long ahead of Bealham. O'Toole will, I think he'll be rightly aggrieved if he can't break down into the break into the 23, but two very good players in front of him and not a lot between the three of them, I think you could say. Second row then is Ty Byrne, Joe McCarthy and James Ryan and Ian Henderson. Is Dean Henderson there on the list? For me, it's Ryan and Byrne to start and it's Henderson on the bench. And I know a lot gets said about Joe McCarthy and people think he's exactly what you want for France. But my only concern is we've had a lineup that has been quite poor for, for the guts of a year now. And I would just rather see Henderson on that bench. Peter Mahoney being captain means he's almost definitely going to start against France. And that's good because, listen, how do you win away Six Nations games? You do the basics right. You know, you win the penalty count. You win the turnover turnover count. You know, you win your collisions. Um, You get smart at breakdown. You get on the right side of the referee. Peter Manny does all those things. Set piece is very, very important. I do feel like it cost Ireland against New Zealand in maybe not the entire game, but it did cost them. And it it could have cost them a game against South Africa as well in the World Cup. Even last year, it, what there was a lot of creaks in it. Henderson, for me, is the best line-out caller of that second-row unit. I think Byrne is, is undroppable. You know, for people who don't know, I do the Red Army podcast, talking about Munster every week. And one of the things I've noticed is, yeah, he hasn't been perfect, but he's come up with moments in every game. And there's very few second rows. I think only maybe Etzebet, um, Etoja maybe, you know, maybe Thibaut Flamont, just because of the type of player he is. Obviously, he's out for France in the opening day. Not a lot of second rows who do that. You know, that's a huge differentiator. And James Ryan, I don't think James Ryan's at the form he was this time last year where he was my player of the Six Nations. But he didn't play that last game for Ireland because of injury. He didn't play the one before that. He was left on the bench behind Henderson. Um, Yes, he had a bang, but, he, you know, he wasn't asked to go to go in and play. And I think it could be good for him. You know, even the fact that He's not captain right now. Maybe that's something that motivates him. You know, and I'd like to see I'd like to see that little bit of a kick because I know he has it. You know, he plays with a, a fearsomeness. There's no doubt about that. Um as for Joe McCarthy, I think he's a very good player. I think he will be a very good player. I don't think he's got the I don't think he has the experience to go in and bully international second rows of what we're going to be seeing. You know, yes, against probably Wales, I think. Well, I suppose Daffy Jenkins and Adam Beard are, are smart second rows to their credit. But like against France, if he's going up against Meafu, for instance, like I don't think that's at all an easy task. Um, no matter who it is, you know, no matter who is lining up in the green of Ireland. So, yeah, I think it's 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 a decent second row quartet. I think they'll all get minutes in the Six Nations. That part I'd be I'd be fairly certain of, um, but I would be leaning towards Byrne and Ryan. I think Byrne and Ryan, above all else, in the last eighteen months, have learned how to play well together and operate well together. That was never really the case before. That's great to see. I go Henderson on the bench again. I just think if Ireland are going to, and I'm thinking about the French game, in particular, if if Ireland are going to be grandstand contenders, championship contenders. I really do feel like we need to get the set piece right. And even just for a confidence level, you don't want to go into Marseille and have a poor day with the line out and be thinking about it. You know, it's it's one of those things. And Ian Henderson probably should have mentioned at the top of it, it's probably in the best form of those four second ones at the moment. 
um, drum carts played by the URC, Ian Henderson played by the URC in Europe um, as well. I just think the amount of pressure that he takes on, I think he almost gets understated in some ways. It's it's quite a it's quite a mean feat being being an Ulster captain at the moment in particular. He's doing it very well. Have to move on. Move on to the back row. Omahani, Vanderfleer, Doris. The first three names listed on this graphic. That's your starting back row. I think that's fairly nailed on. Jack Cohn and Nick Timney, Ryan Baird. Now that is where you have scope for movement. I actually think Vanderfleer is probably a bit of scope for movement. I think Omahani being captain and Caelan Doris being Caelan Doris, fair starting, right? I think that's nailed on. The question is, do you go with maybe Ryan Baird on a six a six two type split? You know? Do you go with someone like Jack Cohn and Nick Timney can play across the back row? Do you go with someone like him? You know, does Baird start O'Mahony shift to seven? You go with Vanderfleer, McCarthy, Henderson again six two or Vanderfleer and Henderson on the bench. There is options there. There is like scope for Ireland going more horses for courses. And it is it was a concern of mine that Ireland might just stick with the settled 15 and maybe when we had to try and figure things out, we wouldn't. I don't think it's what cost us, ultimately. That's important to note. But it's there's always something to be said for it. I do think with the options, I would go with... I would definitely consider going Baird, O'Mahony, Doris against France with Henderson and Van der Fleer on the bench, maybe Joe McCarthy on the bench as well. Although the only concern about 6-2 is you probably go with Kieran Frawley on the bench to cover the whole back line. You know, that's he's only got one international cap. It's a lot of pressure on a guy then because 6-2 splits can backfire so, so, so easily. Um, I think Nick Timley would probably get minutes against Italy. Like, just doing the maths there, chances are one of those players won't have played in the first two games, which is really, really interesting. Omani nailed on six or seven. I think Vanderfleer will will start. I'd probably be leaning towards moving Omani to seven and Baird at six because I just think Baird's his form is is phenomenal at the moment, and it's 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 so often the case for a player like him. It's the same with Thomas Hearn, although in a different role. Baird makes this seventy yard line break against Stafford. Say that's what anyone's talking about. I still can't get over the defensive performance he had against Larochelle, you know, and that's what I want to see from him. I want to see that kind of. Peter Steph to toy type role. I don't think Munster see that in Thomas Ahern. They see him as more of an attacking option and more of a defensive rook kind of guy than a defensive, you know, tackler kind of guy, you know, a shooter out of the line. But again, loads of different options. That is a good thing. Jack Conan will absolutely be looking to nail down, nail back into the team if at all possible. And I mean, it's easy to forget if you, if you subscribe to you're only as good as your last game theory then Jack Conan was fantastic for Ireland against New Zealand and is deserving of being in the 23 at least. But that's a long time ago. You know, it's not a club game. It wasn't last week. So there's always there's always the question marks there. So yeah, I'd probably lean towards Baird or Mahoney Doris myself, but a very good group of back rows. The main omission is that of Keane Prendergast, who's expected to go to the World Cup, missed out, and now he's on this squad that is harsh. That is tough. But I suppose Timney is in great form, can cover seven. Um, you know, even someone like Thomas Hearn, the development squad has just been incredible. Like that's a man who only played his first game at blindside flanker in August or not August. <laughs> Apologies, the other direction. Um, October, I think it was maybe even November. It was November, actually. And it's just been a revelation over there. So I think 
they're deserving to get in there. Munster's John Hodnett, Leinster's um, Will Connors will feel like they could have put a hand up. And I think that's that's very fair as well. Um, Connors has done well with, with less minutes. Hodnett, I think, is fantastic. He's very important to Munster. Dennis Leamy's comments in the press yesterday had me thinking maybe John Hodnett is getting in here, but I think I may have read too much into a wry smile. But yeah, but again, like I'm not going to be the first or last Irish under the person to ever say this. We have great stock at back row, and that'll always be the case. And yeah, that is the forwards. Also mentioned Ollie Yeager and Thomas Ahern, as he said. Personally, I think both of them will be released back to Munster. I don't think they'll travel to Marseille, and I think they'll play that Crusaders game. Like Unless they have unbelievable trainings in Portugal, I think it would be a bad luck if they were brought to Marseille you know, to play just to hold tackle backs because Ahern... You know, Baird could come in there, Hemney could come in there, whoever. You know, Olivier, you don't need four tight head props traveling away from home. But we'll wait and see. Maybe they do train the house down and maybe they get the squad to get the look, or Andy Farrell get the look over the entire squad that we want to see. But I might get into training panels and all that a little bit later because that's something I would like to discuss. Firstly, the backs. So it is. I'll just read over the whole thing. First of all, Jemson Gibson, Park, Park, Craig Casey, Conor Murray, Jack Crowley, Harry Byrne, Kieran Frawley, Robbie Henshaw, Bundyaki, Gary Ringrose, Stuart McCluskey, Hugo Keenan, Jacob Stockdale, James Lowe, Calvin Nash and Jordan Larmer. So, scrum half. And I feel like I might be the only one who thinks this sometimes. I'm not the only one who thinks this, but it feels like it sometimes. I feel like this is the tree we always had to go with, to be honest. I think... There has been questions about form of all three, Gibson Park, Casey and Murray. But I think it just had to be done. Gibson Park will probably go to Portugal as Ireland's first choice scrum half. I think that's that's fair enough. It mightn't be what way I'd lean, but I think that's very fair. He's earned that right. Conor Murray, um, his form has been up and down. I think the fact that he's probably weighing up retirement and contracts and moving abroad or staying at Munster... That could be just weighing on his mind. You know, the last few years of your career, it's not as easy as, well, I'll just take this for the sake of it. You know, you got to weigh up what's right for you. And ultimately, face facts here. Jack Crowley, Harry Berg, Kieran Frawley have less than 15 caps combined. James Gibson Park and Craig Casey have less than 40 caps combined, if I'm right, or in around 40 caps. Connor Murray has 100, 105, um, maybe even more, 110 possibly. That is why he kind of had to be there. Yes, it would have been nice maybe to get someone like Blade or Doak or whoever. But personally, Connor just had to be there. You know, you got Jack Crowley is probably the man for the 10 shirt. He's very new to the scene. I do believe his season last year was phenomenal. And he shows why he is the guy in a way that a lot of international 10s don't. But a lot of the best ones do. Finn Russell, Owen Farrell, I think Entomac and Jalibert have it. Bowden Barrett has it. Even Andre Pollard probably has it, even though he's not the most conventional choice um, for, for star out halves. I feel like we had to go with Murray. If I was named the side to play France, I'd probably be leaning towards Casey and Crowley. Um, and I'm not one for building on four-year cycles, but I just think there's an element of Craig Casey suits Jack Crowley and Jack Crowley suits Craig Casey. And when Munster sway away from that, and this isn't a slide, they're young lads 
young lads in partnerships, you know, everyone goes at different rates and whatnot. But when they're the two that are on the field for Munster, that's when Munster look at their very best. And I think that is important in its own way. Um, and then you could go Gibson Park off the bench. The question is, is Gibson Park the experience seeing out a game type? No. But that doesn't mean that's the only way. And like he's, he's old enough now that if he did have to do that, I'm sure he could. It mightn't be his natural style of game, but we have seen him kicking an awful lot more since Niederberg came into Leinster. And I think his kicking has improved slightly. Um just just by virtue of, of doing it a bit more. Would Conor Murray miss down the twenty three? Even that I'm not I don't want to hang my head and say he will, because a fully fit Conor Murray and an on form Conor Murray is one of the best scrum halves. Well, Conor Murray at his best was one of the best scrum halves of the last of this century. But a fully fit Conor Murray, if you have him on the bench, he has the ability to read the games fantastically, to see out a game fantastically. And yeah, I'd, it's hard to say. I'd probably just lean towards Casey and Crowley at halfback. If it goes to Gibson Park, I don't mind. I would like to see Gibson Park have a performance that shows it doesn't matter who's outside him because so often his best performances at Leinster have been with Johnny Sexton as opposed to with the others. And Listen, there are games that Johnny Sexton has played in his career where you could have put me at scrum half and it would have been all right. And that's, you know, but that's not this, the end of the spectrum Gibson Park is on. It's just that's who he got most comfortable with. And we've seen that every once in a while with Ireland where he didn't look as comfortable with Joey or with, you know, whoever it might be, be it Jack Crowley or even Ross Byrne at times, even though they're a good combo. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a big decision to be made there. Um, I think I would like to see all four scrum halves get meaningful minutes in the Six Nations, and that does mean, I'm sorry, Wales, if you're listening, Welsh fans, that does mean the Wales game. You know, the Scotland game is the last game of the tournament. If we do not have something on the line in that game, it'll be a disappointing Six Nations. And if that's the case, then we can probably properly rotate if we've lost two games. But Scotland game, Italy game, Wales game, you imagine they're the, the bottom half of contenders heading into this year. That's where you can probably mix a match a bit more. That's where I'd like to see us mix a match a bit more. Because I do feel like we have to win one of those away games. Regardless, you know, second place is the minimum for Ireland this year. And I'll talk about that maybe next week in our or two weeks time in our Six Nations preview. But getting off track again. Out half. Out half. There is no Johnny Sexton in an Ireland squad. Um, for what feels like the first time in eternity. It is Jack Crowley, Harry Byrne. And Kieran Frawley. And I mean, like, Harry Byrne, two caps. Jack Crowley, nine caps. Kieran Frawley, one cap. It's very raw. It's very inexperienced. But you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't say it was pretty exciting. You know, um, I think Frawley has the tools to be a good 10. I don't know if we can say he can be a great 10. It's very late in his career to be kind of properly playing there. But he's a good player. Like he's a very good player. He's not the kind of ten. He's not a mercurial ten who could probably lose you a lot of games. And that's probably the strength of it. Um, Ross Byrne is in that bracket. Harry is probably in that bracket as well. I think all the Leinster lads are. Where if they came off the bench, I don't feel like oh no, you know. And like certain games require certain faces. I think he probably will back up Jack Crowley in Marseille, and I think he'll probably get about ten minutes in that game, maybe five. 
But again, he brings the six-two bench split into into consideration. He could come on at twelve if it, if you know we're chasing a try. Maybe he comes into twelve instead of you know Bundy, and then we can properly play a dual playmaker, maybe even a triple with someone like Hugo Keenan, and really, really you know push the edges and and stretch a French defense. Like that's that's what I want to see. Uh, I want to see Ireland, you know, be flexible. And I think Kieran Foley, if you want Ireland to be flexible going forward, is exactly the man. Jack Crowley is exactly the man to do that because they can cover the back line. They read the field so well. Um, you can point to areas of their games that aren't perfect. I think Crowley's form has been relatively very good and he's been the best out half in Ireland this season. Well, he has had a couple of games where he was a little bit below standards, in particular when Munster looked disjointed. Some of that is always on hands. Kieran Frawley, I think his tactical kicking game has been a weak point, even though he's got bombs of kicks. Placement hasn't been great. Has he directed the game very well? I think he has. Has he made any mistakes? No, he's place kicked very well. And even Harry, I think Harry's finally got a run of games that make you think, yeah, he's decent. I don't think either of them have shown... Either Harry or Kieran Frawley have shown this season that oh, they're beating the door down. But it's out half. You don't really need to the whole time. You know? Um, and definitely not to get into, a, into the squad at the moment. I'd have probably liked to have seen an experienced guy in there, but Ross Ross's injury, that changed things a lot. You know, as you'd imagine, he's a very experienced, steady 10. Um, but the picture has been changed entirely by him being injured. You could have went with JJ, you could have went with Joey, you could have went with Billy Burns. But ultimately, am I surprised? No, I thought when if Harry Byrne was fit, he was going to get into the squad, and he does. Um, now, during the week, I said he mightn't, but um, he obviously he trained there on yesterday, Tuesday, I think it was, um, that they issued the, the squad update. So I think it was fair to say he was getting back in. And you know, we could see Kieran Foley start at 10 in Welford Road this weekend and have a really good game. I think that's what Ireland need. I think they need, like Leinster have had a lot of chopping and changing at 10 this season. A lot. Harry has got most of the minutes, but they've had a lot of chopping and changing. It'd be good to see one of them, whichever starts, probably Frawley, because I think he's closer to, to the match day 23 for Ireland, going in having a really good game. And against, you know, Leicester with Andre Pollard and against a Leicester pack who you do have to keep them kind of honest. Um, as a 10, you do have to know when to stretch them and know when to just pin them because I think English sides have shown potential fitness issues in Europe this season with the exception of Exeter but we won't get into what happened in December and then I think Jack Crowley is he's the one who I think the shirt is his now will it be long term we don't know like obviously we don't know um, we can't just crystal ball this situation but he's shown more I think he's shown as someone who's watched every Munster game and watched most of them back, some of them I couldn't bear to, I think he's he's shown that when he has bad moments, he falls them up with good moments. And mentally, that's a great position to be in. And that's not a slight on anyone else because, you know, it's it's the, it's just a sign of a very good player. And at 23 or 24, it's a really good sign. Um, and I think that's what you want to see. Like every 10 is different, but... I've liked what I've seen with him himself and Craig. Then I think they just work really well together. I think they just work really, really well together. Craig's an underrated part of Craig's game is his passing. 
where he's the ability to stretch defenses with with his passes. And people would say, what about Gibson Park? What about Conor Murray? Conor Murray has that. Um, probably not to the same degree as what he used to, but it's still there. It's just probably slowed down a little bit. Gibson Park is not the most accurate nine in Ireland in terms of passing, but you get away with it because how Ireland wanted to use them, it was about just get there quickly. Get there quickly. And there was games, like Ireland have scored tries off of bad Gibson Park passes because we did not matter. It did not matter. Once he got there and got there fast, we were already in a position where the defensive line was scrambling. You know, and I think the difference is Craig Casey might be not even half a second slower than Gibson Park, but he just has a little bit more accuracy. And I think that's a great trade-off to have between two nines. People will say, are they too similar? Could they both be in the same role? You know, all that stuff. No, I think it's fine. I think as when we go into the summer, because I just can't see it. I just don't see Conor Murray being a monster next season, to be honest, from what I'm hearing. I think it'd be Gibson Park and Casey. And I think they will kick on and they will show why they should be Ireland's two scrum halves. People will say, what about Blade? What about Doak? I just feel like they're not at that level at the moment. Will they be? Yeah, probably. Um, I think Keaton Blade, he makes an awful lot of mistakes. Now, you might say, you just say Gibson Park does. Yeah, Gibson Park makes mistakes, but like James and Gibson Park's top five scrum half in the world the last two years. Keaton Blade is top five scrum half in Ireland. You know, there's, there's a bit of a difference. No disrespect to him, he's really a nice guy. But I just think that's that's where these decisions ultimately are made. And like, who does he come in for? Gibson Park is your starter. Craig Casey's probably the one that'll take over that mantle possibly as soon as February 2nd. I think that game is. And Conor Murray, as I said, just had to be there. Nathan Doak. Personally, I think Nathan Doak is good, but like the fact that he hasn't taken the shirt off John Cooney yet, like that's something Casey has done. That's something Gibson Park did at Leinster with, with Luke McGrath. Um, and I just think, again, he's he's a bit slow. He's a bit laborious at times. Now, that's some of that is Ulster. Some of that is Ulster style of play, which I've been critical of. But those guys will have work-ons. And I, I've said this before. I hope Andy Farrell is on the phone to, you know, John Hodnett and Will Connors from the forwards, the likes of Doak and Blade in the backs, and saying, work on this. Please just work on this. And then we can properly assess you in, in what we want to see. Anyways, pushing on. It's tight in time. Robbie Henshaw, Bundyaki, Gary Winger, Stuart McCluskey. When fit, it has been these four most of the time for Ireland. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Robbie Henshaw, central contract. Bundyaki, central contract. And probably player of the World Cup, especially if we had gone further. Gary Ringrose, captain contender, central contract. Stuart McCluskey, great form at Ulster. I know, understand this may sound like a step down, but a wonderful player. Would I have liked to have seen a fifth centre in there? Yes. But was it ever likely? No. Ireland have gone with four centres almost every squad that they've picked over the last couple of years. Unless maybe someone was injured, then they might have gone with an extra one just to get guys in. But I, I think I'm happy with this. Henshaw looked to be just finding a little bit more form at the weekend against uh, Stade Francais. Bundy is playing some of his best rugby of his career. Gary Ringrose, probably not in the best form of his career, but I think you can put some of that down too. You know, Leinster are trying a new attack, a new defence. But I think he's probably, he's not his very best because he's not comfortable. And you can't be at your very best if you're not comfortable at the moment. But he's shown that he's he's come to grips with it faster than other players. 
which is really, really good to see. Um, and he's taken on the captaincy and done well, sorry, goal captaincy and done really well. And I, I like to see that. I'm a big fan of Gary Ringrose. I think he's a wonderful player, a wonderful asset. Stuart McCluskey then, I think someone mentioned it that Stuart McCluskey and James Hume start every game for Ulster looking like they're world beaters and they finish half of them not looking like it because Ulster just, as a unit, it's just not clicking at the moment. It's not fluid. And I think that's a very fair thing to say. Um, Stuart for Ulster plays a much more within himself game plan. I think it's a pity because you watch Stuart McCluskey for Ulster, he looks like he can just crash up ball. You watch Stuart McCluskey for Ireland, his ruck work is phenomenal. His defensive work is even better. Um, his carrying, there's always someone on his shoulder, always someone on his shoulder when he carries for Ireland. He just looks like a better player. And that's sometimes the case. Like this would have been the case for Ulster, Munster, Connacht squads in the last, of the last 10 years as well. We have said the same things about players. Not everything is, is a trope that should be thrown out. I think that's one of them that's that's fair to have. Really quick drink there because I'm thirsty. Um, who's my starters? Well, firstly, who would I like to see in there? I wouldn't have mind seeing Jamie Osborne in there if he was fit. Fortunately, he's not. It's a really badly timed injury for the poor young lad. I'd have liked to see Antoine Frisch in there. Call Ford potentially. But... Like who? Like it's one of those things. Who do you come in for? Well, Ireland squad is only thirty-four. This is one of the positions they could have went a bit more with. Um, I think this one back three and maybe prop. They're probably the positions they probably could have went with one more if they really wanted to. I think Antoine Frisch, what he's brought to the Munster attack and defense over the last couple of years, is he is just solid in defense. Makes some very good reads as a shutdown defender. You know he does. He makes some good reads. But it's his attack, it's his distribution game, it's his offloading game. is unbelievable. Carl Ford was in great form for Connacht when Connacht were in great form. Ultimately got injured in the last few weeks and I don't even know what his status is for this weekend. So I apologise if, if he is back. But those things can just, you know, there's plenty of players who are on the cusp and on the cusp and they get injured. And it's a pity, but he's someone we'll probably see in Ireland squads going forward because Robbie Henshaw, Bundyaki, Stuart McCluskey, they're all over 30. They're what we perceive to be Ireland's 12 options, even if though Henshaw's probably the backup at 13, probably close to the 13 start at the moment, um, as he starts if Ringo's was to get injured and touch what he doesn't. So yeah, they're probably where I'd have liked to have seen it. Um, it's Bundy and Ringo's for me. If you go 6-2, obviously you don't have a, uh, you know one of Henshaw and McCluskey on the bench. You'd have Frawley. If you don't go 6-2, if you go 5-3, I think you could go Henshaw on the bench. Like, I just, you look at the back three options, like, you probably go Frawley. People will say, well, you've got two centres. I mean, Frawley will cover fullback. Hugo Keenan can cover wing, because Hugo Keenan's not playing less than 80 minutes unless he gets shot. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't really think you put Larmer or Stockdale or Nash. Just, you know, I'll keep it open before I get there. I don't think you put one of the ben- one of them on the bench. I don't think you do. So there's that. Um, I'll get back to the training panel in a minute because I realise I skipped over Sam Brandon. So I get to that in a minute. But for me, it's Aki Ring Rose, and I think you go Hench on the bench for a five three. If you go six two, obviously you don't have room for them, and that's fair enough. The back three then: Hugo Keenan, best fullback in the world, in my opinion. Jacob Stockdale, great form at Ulster. James Lowe, 
back on the field, back enjoying life. Great to see you again. Calvin Nash, superb form from Munster. Jordan Larmer starting to find the the form of a couple of years ago, pre really horror time with injuries. So it's good to see him back in the squad. The question marks are, who could have got in there? I think Shane Daly is an obvious one. Shane Bolton, very good for Connacht. My only concern about Shane Bolton in particular was he is a power winger, a winger centre, a power winger though. You have Stockdale, you have Lowe. And if James Lowe gets injured, Stockdale comes in and Stockdale will be asked to use that huge left boot of his. Does Shane Bolton have that? I'm not sure. So I could see why Ireland might have overlooked him, but it would have been nice to get him in a training squad. Again, another player who said he had no contact with the coaches, which again, not something I agree with, but I'm not going to go on and on and on about it. Um, Robert Balakoon, you know, he started two or the three, two of the three autumn tests, I think, last year and looked good and hasn't been in Ireland squad since. I mean, it's it's disappointing, you know, but I think if last year you could look at Ulster and say, well, they're not playing to the white channels, this year you can just say, well, they are, and you're not beating your man, and when you cook come off the wing, you don't, and I think now it's a bit more of a shared blame because you look at how good Jacob was playing, and Jacob was playing really, really well. You know, um, Shane Daly at Munster, very, very good player. Um, again, you probably be looking at him as your Jimmy O'Brien replacement. It's kind of okay, he can back up Hugo Keenan, he could back up on the wings, he could play either wing, he could kind of bit a few wing type in terms of mold, probably closer to the Hansen mold. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised not seeing him in there. I would like to have seen it, but I'm not surprised. You know, if it maybe someone like Mike Haley, um, people said Mike Lowry. Personally, I'd, I'd have Stuart Moore ahead of Mike Lowry because I think his versatility and his, I just like the way he plays fullback. Um, I like that type of shutdown fullback option. Um, Tommy O'Brien was mentioned by Jerry Thornley during the week. Good player, probably one of the few Irish wingers that has top end pace. Um, I think you know, I think what we fool ourselves into saying we say it deceptively quick about wingers in Ireland a lot, but like, they're all quick. But I think Tommy O'Brien's probably one of the few that has the top end speed in the country. And then Simon Zebo, could Simon Zebo got in? I think the the way I put it to myself during the week was. If we were without James Lowe, I think Simon Zebo gets in because then you have a very inexperienced and very raw back three group. And I know that may seem, you know, shallow when Stockdale and Larmer have caps, but like they've only got combating like five or six caps in the last four years. I think you could have brought in Zebo then, but Lowe was back and, you know, it's okay. Would love to have seen Zebo in there, would love to have seen him in green. He's great around camp. He's very well liked and he's enjoying his rugby, but not to be. I think that's it. If I've forgotten anyone, I apologize. For me, Calvin Nash starts in the right wing in France. Calvin is, I always get reminded of Andrew Conway because he's deceptively strong. I use that word again, apologies. He's deceptively strong. Um, He's smart, probably not as good as Andrew Conway the air, for instance. But Andrew Conway was like a magnet in the air. But what I love about him is the straightest line between him and the dry line is always forward. And like, this isn't, you know, everyone has their own thing, but like, he's not as powerful as Stockdale or Lowe, but he's kind of like Mac Hansen, where he might just get around you just by putting the head down, you know? 
And I, I do like that knowing her. I like that about Mac. I always love that about Andrew Conway, where you show him the outside and he's like, right, it's not just about burning you. I'll just use my power as well. Um, I like that about Calvin as well. He's been good form. He probably looked a little bit tired in recent weeks, but the Toulon game just reminds us what he could do. He some very good breaks. And again, when you're playing in the back line that's doing well versus playing in the back line that's struggling, obviously there's going to be a difference. And that's, you know, obvious. Does Jacob Stockdale get in? I think if James Lowe didn't play last week, then there was a real conversation. But he'll have two games under his belt. I think he could will just about have just done enough to get back into the starting squad um, on purely on minutes. I think he'll just about done enough. But Jacob's playing well. And I'm, be, I'm a fan of Jacob Stockdale. A lot of people say, well, defensively. Well, you could say the same thing about Larmer in the air. James Lowe's had defensive hiccups. Hugo Keenan is the best fullback in the world. But at the moment, he's playing like, you know, maybe the best fullback in the world. <laughs> but his standards are that high. That, you know, if he makes one mistake, it feels like he should be on a, a highlight reel at this stage. Like, that's where the question marks lie. I don't think anyone is at the level where you're like, okay, they have to start. That's it. End of story. I think you rely a bit on reputation. And, you know, Hugo Keenan, I am, would not drop Hugo Keenan for a big Ireland game for the next 30 years if I got the opportunity. Fortunately, he won't play for 30 years. Um, James Lowe for me starts just just feel like it's 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 the way it should be. Hopefully he doesn't get injured. Hopefully none of these players get injured at the weekend. Um and yeah, well I think this is probably the position where if we don't see experimentation, I wouldn't be upset. I think we could see it in the Italy game with maybe Stockdale in for Lowe, possibly. And you might see maybe Larmer come in for Calvin Nash, potentially, or Larmer into the bench. Maybe, um, but we don't know how we're going to use our squad because we'll have a long week that week. And even if there are bumps and bruises, they'll probably shake them off going into the Italy game. So there's questions. It's also not a position like centre. We don't generally change unless we have to. The Irish backline is more settled than the back, um, barring injuries, which we've had injuries in the backline, which probably you know changes the picture, but generally very, very settled. Um, which yeah, I'd probably go for Calvin and Hugo and Lowe. Like, I mean, again, James Lowe is a top quality player. He probably won't be in the Ireland team in four years' time. Hugo Keenan will. And Hugo Keenan was a contender for captaincy because of it, because he is the best fullback in the world. Um, and he shows that every single week. He will have one moment that will remind you basically every week. The training panel, before we wrap things up, Ollie Yeager, Sam Sahern, Sam Prendergast, Jaeger and Ahern, I'd like to see them play the Crusaders um, on the day after Ireland play France and Marseille. Just because I feel like, you know, the Ireland coaching staff will have got to look at them. Do they need to bring them to Marseille? Like, that's the question. Do you need to bring them to Marseille? I don't think you do. And I think especially for Thomas Ahern, he's playing so well at the moment that maybe just getting minutes for both of them, you can make this case. Ahern, he's just playing really, really well. So if you do you know, release them maybe the Monday of the of the match week, Tuesday of the match week, then you're saying, right, you know, you've had a good week in Portugal and hopefully he does. Go out and show us again, you know, in a big game. Go on. Like you can you can go out and do that. Monster will have a full choice back row to choose from. They'll have himself if he's released. John Hodner, Gavin Coombs, Alex Candellum. You know, they will be licking their lips at that. Um 
So I'd I'd love to see that. I think it'd actually be good for him. I think, you know, I spoke to Jean Klein during the week. Alex McHenry interview comes up this this coming week, and both of them have said the importance of minutes. You know, it's something that probably just gets slightly overlooked in the realm of punditry when we look at combinations of cohesion. <coughs> Excuse me. Apologies, folks. My uh, my throat just decided to give way there. But as I was saying, when we look at you know the the grand scheme of punditry, we probably overlook minutes every once in a while, and they are important. So I'm certain he's still only twenty three, twenty four. Might be good for him. Might be good for him to get that big game. And Ollie Yeager, I mean, on the nostalgia point and and all that, like it'd be cool to see him play at the Crusaders um, with Monster. Having been a crusader himself, but as well as that, you know, he's new in Ireland. He's only played about four or five games. He's probably not ready for the step up to start an international or to back up in an international just yet in terms of purely just on minutes and, and game time. So again, release of the monster game, bring them back in for the Italy game. Absolutely. Bring them back in. Um, You can't make changes to your squad bearing injury. Between those two games, if I'm if I'm right, I think I am. So yeah, bring them straight back in. And then for the Ishley game, because I'd have liked to have seen a bigger squad here for in the initial squad, then I'd like to have seen a bigger squad there. But that's unlikely to happen. More likely a bigger squad, trim it down with a couple of releases and then back to normal for the Ishley and, and so on. But listen. Or not Ishley for Wales in, in round three. Sam Prendergast, the other player, I mean the Sam Brendergast conversation is really funny because he's looked decent at out half for Leinster, but he's not going to look spectacular at Leinster for at least another year, year and a half, because quite frankly, it's very hard for a 20-year-old to look very, very good in a top, 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 top team um, in, in big games because it's, you know, it's an impossible position to play 10. Um, should he be in there in the training panel, I do think it's it's kind of ironic how you've got Super Rugby winner Oli Yeager, you got one of Munster's Player of the Years and URC medalist, winning medalist um, Thomas Aaron, and then Sam Prendergast, who was playing Ireland in the twenties around the same time Yeager was playing the URC final and Aaron was or Yeager was playing Super Rugby final and Aaron was training for a URC final. But you'll always you'll always have idiosyncrasies like that. Personally, I'd like. I'd have preferred to have seen Sam Brennigas back at Leinster and run the show because let's not forget Andrew Goodman is the Ireland backs coach in waiting. And listen, that experience, you know, could be way more important. Now, Leinster play a pre-season game against Saracens or a mid-season game against Saracens, probably see him get released for that one. And he'll play the URC game, so it won't be too bad. But I think if you ever want to point to an example of you know, how different is it if you're just, you know, released and drip fed versus getting a whole month or six weeks together? Look at Munster last year in November. They looked a different team when they came back because they all had a lot of time with the coaching staff and they really bedded in things. I'd love to see that for Prendergast, but getting into the Ireland squad isn't a bad thing. I did see it coming. I seen him as one of the training panelists. Now, I did have Jack Boyle, Finton Gunn, and Brian Leeson in there as well. So, I mean, Technically, I was 50% right because at least it's in the 20 squad, which is kind of like a developmental squad because they're training against each other at least two or three times over the course of the Six Nations. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's just justifying my incorrectness. 
overall thoughts on the squad, thoughts on the training panels. Um, I love A games. I would love to see an Ireland A game at every Six Nations. Go Cork one year, Belfast another year, Galway another year. I would love it. Absolutely love it. But it's not something that seems to be happening. And if it was, you look at the players that we could have picked. You could have been looking at um, maybe Jack Boyle got a look in. You know, Dylan Tierney Martin, Ollie Yeager, obviously. Um, Edwin Dog was obviously injured, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe the two Murray brothers, um, Thomas Ahern, John Hodnett, um, Gavin Coombs, even someone like James Kilcain or Brian Gleeson, younger guys. And the list goes on and on and on. I'd love, love to have seen that, but it's not something that seems to be happening. Um, and a three-man training panel is, I mean, fair enough, but will the three-man training panel be there for the entirety of the first two weeks? I don't think so. That's just my own prediction. So maybe it's just, okay, we'll get a look in and we'll name them. I think Andy Farrell more so than Joe Schmidt is more like, well, here's the guys I want to look at. Yeah, and that's that's fair enough too. Um, and it keeps them in conversation to actually get selected. If you're bringing lads up kind of somewhat unofficially just to kind of look at training or just to talk to them, obviously they're not in contention to play. Jaeger, Hearn and Prendergast, as of right now, are in contention to play for Ireland in Marseille. Probably important to note that as well. Now, I have gone on and on and on, so I will have to leave it at that, I think. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is... It's always good to talk about squads. It's always good to, to look at these things in detail. Either tomorrow or Friday, I will have an article going up looking at the chasing pack in the Six Nations. So Italy, Scotland, Wales, England and France. France, not really a chaser. Um, I think that's the, that's basically the theme of it. France, not a chaser. There is, you know, four teams who are quite a bit behind the rest. We will have Champions Cup coverage. That's coming up on... Monday, Tuesday, we're hoping for it to be Monday or Tuesday, but you know, it's it's hard to plan these things sometimes. Interview with Alex McHenry, that's coming next Wednesday, the 24th, and we will have a Six Nations preview article coming next Friday, the 26th. Then we're into Six Nations coverage, preview, interviews, previews of games, Six Nations Weekly looking at all the rounds. It's all non-stop from there. I'm also on the Red Army podcast. It's a tiring time of year, guys. <laughs> but it's I wouldn't I wouldn't swap it for the world. This is what makes it all very fun. And I hope you had fun listening to this. If you have thoughts, send them my way, you know. Comments, suggestions, hop over to Twitter, Instagram, uh Blue Sky, Mastodon, Threads. If you get the link through WhatsApp or Facebook as well, you know, tell me what you think of the squad and, and all that. And I will speak to you again next week hopefully. Um, yeah, definitely next week at some stage. So thanks again to everyone for listening. Reminder, you can follow me on all the platforms I mentioned there a moment ago. We will have Six Nations coverage coming up in about 10 days time. That's when Six Nations week starts. That's when it gets really serious. And until then, and until next time, take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.